So we're continuing in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. This, this week we're going to be beginning at verse 6. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. I know that the Bible views are the New International Version, but this is the NLT. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we committing ourselves to you again? No. We're giving you a reason to be proud of us, so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it's to bring glory to God, and if we're in our right mind, it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our own life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. It's the word of God for all people. Thank you. So last week I talked about a question that my friend Mark Ruiz, who passed away, would ask when he was trying to figure out how important the problem was. That question was, check on you. Larry? What is the eternal significance of this? So in weighing what's going on in our reality, going on, what's the eternal significance of this? In our passage today, Paul writes, for we live by believing and not by seeing. So we also talked last week about looking for that which is unseen, right? So we, we don't focus always on the things that we can see, we look beyond that. So the things that we can see, which are temporary, right? This chair. Eternal? Temporary. Right? 
Because if we're honest, what, what do we battle with? Like, things that we can see, the things that are always in our face, in our face, our job, our school, our friends, all the things that, that get to us in this world. Those are the things that we wrestle with, and often we get locked into a conver- internal conversation about things that are not as significant as that which we So we're to, to remember that we have this, this future that's out there, this hope for heaven. It's awesome, right? The promise that we have. What's the promise that Christians have? Russ, what's our promise? Eternal life. Eternal life. Think about that. How long is eternity? It's infinity plus one, right? It's a long time. That's our promise as believers. It's, it, it's infinity plus one. To infinity and beyond. Who knew that Buzz Lightyear knew what he was talking about? Yeah. That's, that's our promise from Christ is that we have eternity promised to us. So we have an eye in the future on the things that are eternal. And when we're able to do that, it can help us on the things that are involved in our lives today. Paul goes on, whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We'll each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done in this earthly body, because we understand our fearful, I love this line, I love this, this, this verse, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere. And I hope you do too. So here's the truth. There will be a time of judgment. It's real. It's not vague. There's a time of judgment. And Paul in this is writing about the time when the things that we do, both the good and the bad, the choices that we make. See, we can choose whatever we want, right? We, we have the freedom to choose. But we're not free from the consequence of the choices that we make. So whatever we choose has a consequence attached to it. Sometimes that's a good consequence, a positive thing. Sometimes it's not. Paul reminds us in this passage that there will be a day when when those things are going to be weighed. Those things that we do are going to be judged. Who we helped. Who we chose not to. Remember Jesus when he was talking about the sheep and the goats. He tells us some of the people that we're to be involved with. People who have no food. People who need a drink. Orphans, widows. Those who need clothing. Prisoners. Folks that we need to be looking at. How can we reach out to them? And Paul recognizes as well that there's one way to make a difference. And that one way is, is through sincerity. Through what I would call authenticity. Robin sent out an email, Robin Maddox sent out an email that reminded us before uh, the barbecue to make a friend, be a friend, and introduce your friend to Christ. Now that's a walk to a mass thing, but it comes from a talk. I walk to a mass, you, get, you have 15 talks that are given. One of those talks is called Christian Action. And in that talk, it talks about how to, to, to begin to be engaged in, in sharing your faith. See, there's a lot of folks that will stand on a street corner and holler out, Turn bird! Heaven or hell! Fire or brimstone! 
And thousands of people might walk by them. How many people pay attention? Not very many, right? Because because it, what, there's no relationship. There's no engagement. If you want to influence somebody, if you want to be have God use you in the lives of others, make a friend. Make a friend. Some of y'all have known each other for like a long time, right? How long here? Seventy-three and a half years. Some of y'all have known each other for a very, very long time. And, and those folks who know you the longest, Jerry, how much, what are they able to tell you? Just about anything. You may not like it, but because you're a friend, because they're a friend, they can, they can come to you, right? Whereas if Joe Bell off the corner comes to you and tries to tell you something, how likely are you? I know I'm less likely to listen to somebody that I barely know. But the people that I know can tell me stuff. They can tell, they can be honest with me about things. You know? Tell me stuff maybe I don't want to hear, but I need to hear. And we all need those kind of people in our lives. We all need them in our lives. People who can tell us the truth of love. But the way that that happens is that you make a friend, then you be a friend. What does that mean? Be there for them. Yeah, you're not a peripheral part. This isn't about manipulating my way into, a, into somebody's life. This is about being a friend to someone. Being there for them. When they need me to be there. There's people in my life that if they call me today and I have to leave church, I would leave church to go be there for them if, if, it, were, if it were something of that important. And they know it. And there's people in your life that you would drop everything for Right? Make a friend, be a friend. And then you will have the ability to introduce them to Christ. And I don't mean in, in, a, in a flashy kind of way. Because when we're being a friend, you know what we're being? The hands and feet of Christ. So part of it is just in this process of getting to know one another, of investing in each other's lives, this is how we become more like him. And this is how he influences the world. Think about the people in your life who have made an impact for you spiritually. Two are Charlotte, how did you do that? Yeah, she loves you, no matter what, right? She's there. She's going to be there no matter if you rely on that. It's genuine, it's authentic, and it's real. That's just like you. Yes, sir. Hmm? Yeah, she's your friend. But that's how we do it, right? So invest in other people, and then we can begin to see God move in deeper ways. It's not that the guy on the corner doesn't ever have an impact. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he'll be hollering out to somebody who's walking down the street and God has a divine appointment schedule, right? Because we never know. Not that that's not worthwhile, it's just not lasting. That, that momentary impact. You know, we talked this morning some with, 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 with Kaylee and with Clara about what it means to, to accept Christ. See, because it's not a moment. It's a lifetime. 
it's the beginning of a journey. It's not just in the moment that you say yes. Yeah, that's a great moment. But then it becomes about where do we go from here. So make a friend. Be a friend. Introduce your friend to Christ. Say that with me. Make a friend. Be a friend. Introduce your friend to Christ. Remember that. It can uncomplicate this uh, this thing that we have about how to share our faith. It's really about making friends and being in a relationship. If we'll do that, the rest will take care of themselves. Paul goes on, are we committing ourselves to you? No, we're not committing ourselves to you. We're giving you a reason to be proud of us. So that it's not like those other people who, who are bragging about having a spectacular ministry or having all this stuff going on. Because it's not about how spectacular your ministry is. It's about how sincere your heart is. Where is your heart? That's Christianity. The heart of the matter is that it's a matter of the heart. It's the thing that hasn't been always with me. That as far back as I can remember, the heart of the matter is that it's a matter of the heart. And when I can remember that and keep that right here, I know that Jesus, that this whole walking with Christ thing is, is, is coming from here. It's not coming from here. We, we train this, but we live this. It seems you're crazy to bring glory to God. I like that part because I'm half crazy. So, so that's one of my favorite favorite parts. And if we're in our right mind, we're going to be See, the goal is not to be self-serving. The goal is to bring glory to Him. Now, not all um, of us in the church, we know the church is a wide variety of folks. There's a recent incident, and I'm not... Necessary. I don't agree with prosperity preachers, so I'll just tell you that straight out. So I don't agree with a lot of what this guy, particular ministry guy does, but it's not that he doesn't have any impact at all, because obviously he's got a massive church, so he does. There's a gentleman named Creflo Dollar, and, and he put on GoFundMe uh, that he wanted to go fund a $65 million G5 jet so that he could go to ministry. Now, he got a, a significant amount of backlash for that, and he pulled it down. When I ask, what is the eternal significance of buying a G5 jet? I struggle with that. I don't see a lot of eternal significance. Now, he would probably say, well, now I get to go and I get to minister to a lot more people because I get to you know, I'm able to do all these things. But I think he's missing something. It's not about that. It's not about how flashy our ministry is. It's not about uh, having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. See, spectacular ministry happens all over the place. You see it in lots of places. It, and some of it is straight out of the heart, and some of it is spectacular ministry. And and all of it has, has a place. I, you know, I think God will use just about anything that's out there for His glory and His benefit. Uh, in some way. Sometimes it's to show us what not to do and sometimes it's to show us what to do. You know. But that decision that Credible Dollar made, part of what he didn't think about was what is this going to do to all of Christianity? Because you know what non-Christians and atheists and folks like that were saying about that? $65 million debt. See? All they want is my money. It's all about the money. What is that? You know, where's God in there? So 
that single decision that he made impacted all of us in a negative way. And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. And that's not it. He's making it. I mean, the guy is everywhere. I'm not knocking Creflo Dollar per se. That decision that he made was not a good one. Paul goes on. Christ's love controls us since we believe that Christ died for all. Hmm. I wonder if we believe that. We also believe that we have all died to our own life. He died for everyone. Does everyone mean like everyone? Does it just mean people like me? Does it mean those Islamic people that are saying those funny things at the at the hour or whatever what they call that? The, hmm? Yeah, well the when they have the you're in Israel, they have the loudspeaker they have those prayers that yeah. Christ died for them. Yes, no. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. Yes? Okay. Terrorists. Christ died. Wow. Black, white, Hispanic, orange, pink, green.
from Islam to Hinduism to all other religions. It's like that God is on the mountain, right? So God is up on top of the mountain. And here you have to climb your way up to God. So you have to earn your way. And you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do this. And if you work hard enough and you, and you, and you do it long enough, then you can reach God. In Christianity, you know what happened? God came down from the mountain. God came here. He met us here in Jesus. So it's not based on what we do. We don't earn our salvation. It is a gift given by God. But once we accept Christ, Claire and Kaylee, once we accept Christ, it changes our heart and puts us in a new relationship with Him. And that influences the decisions that we make. And that's what Christianity is. That's what it's about. Paul goes a little bit further. He reminds us that each person's value is established upon Christ's death. And knowing this, Christ's love compels us to treat others differently, to do our best. To do our best to treat others with the love that he loves us with first. And then he talks about perspective and, and seeing people as, as we stop evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view and how differently we know him now. See, that's the, the normal part for us, right? Is to see things from a human point of view. That's how we see things. Is, is our natural inclination. It takes work to see things from an eternal perspective. That's why I love that question, what's the eternal significance of this? Because it begins to change my perspective. And then I can begin to see things a little bit differently. And then I can become this new person that you talked about. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. God works within each of us to take the old life and to hand us a new life. The life focus not on what's in it for me, but what's in it for all of us. Not so self-focused. The decision to follow or reject Christ means that one either remains in the old life or picks up their cross to begin a new one. It's the ultimate question of eternal significance when I talk about that. God, the creator of all, has given his son so that we might answer this, answer this question, the ultimate question, do you accept my son as your Lord and your Savior with a yes? Yes. Do you accept my son as Lord and Savior? Yes. Yes. Do you accept my son as Lord and Savior? Yes. Yes. The ultimate question. And that, that accepting this new life, because it points us in a new direction, should change the way we treat those who look different, who are different, that different cultural backgrounds, different genders, whatever it is about them, different social class, different religious traditions. We treat them differently. We love them regardless. We love them as we love ourselves. It should help us to transform our neighborhoods, the places that we live, our schools, our workplaces, because of this love that God gave to us through Christ. Now, he can work through us in changing the world we live in. That's how it happens. That's how it's done. A young couple moved into a new neighborhood. The next morning, while they were eating breakfast, the young woman sees her neighbor hanging in the wash outside. 
That laundry is not very clean, she said. She doesn't know how to wash correctly. Perhaps she needs better laundry soap. Her husband looked on but remained silent. Smart man. <laughs> Every time her neighbor would hang her wash to dry, the young woman would make the same comments. About a month later, the woman was surprised to see how a nice, clean uh, wash on the line and said to her husband, Look, she's learned how to wash correctly. I wonder who taught her this. And the husband said, I got up early this morning and cleaned her windows. <laughs> and so it is with life. What we see when watching others depends on the purity of the window through which we are looking. Amen? Now, I would be remiss to not remind us that there is an opportunity to say no to that question, right? We have that choice. Paul points out our deeds will be judged. Our salvation doesn't come from those deeds, but those deeds will be judged and we will be judged. Hell, hell comes when we reject God's Son. It's not God's decision. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. God wants all of us to be saved. But he put that choice. He put it out. He said, here's the choice. I love you. I sent my son to die for you. Now it's up to you. What are you going to do with that? My prayer is that we all say that. That we all take the step. That we begin that life. That we walk in that life.